0: This is Wadeley.
1: It was a glorious Melbourne Cup. It felt fully restored. It had such a hold on the town. One of you noted early yesterday. It was in the air. You could you could taste it in the air. And then the race itself weaved its magic. A horse that completed the cups double for the first time in 22 years. A bit like the hundred goal kicker. I wondered whether it would ever happen again. And there it was for us. A jockey who made the best decision in Melbourne Cup history. A trainer, the family furthers the legacy father and son as the Freedmans are back on the pedestal. The debate, should the second horse have won? And where was the magic from the magic man? And the beaten favourite, another European in a long dishonour role of those who have captured our imaginations, captured our dollars and knocked up down the track. It, it had it all yesterday and it is rich pickings for our spring racing means test. Giddy up and Waitley come together. Gerard Waitley and Gareth Hall with you. Hello, Gareth. Hello, Gerard. Great to be with you. Do we start with the King's Gambit? Just, we'll we'll say hello. John O'Neill, hello. Morning, mate. How are you? Uh, We'll do that in a moment. (laughs) Wayne Hawks, good morning. Good morning. And
2: what a great place to be, Melbourne, on Cup Day. Does it get any better?
1: Yeah. The racing means test is for the ultimate Melbourne Cup Day at the Osborne South Yarra. And My Racehorse, it's showtime, myracehorse I heard that at the Osborne they were handing out black armbands as you entered last night. <laughs> the King's Gambit. the King's Gambit. The boxes crack and jokes. King's Gambit.
0: This is a much anticipated show today, Jared. Yeah. I'm a little bit nervous. And they two should. lads, as you I'm should, looking be. At Johnny O'Neill and Wayne Hawks. Might just steal the show. You basically summed it up in your intro. I think Sam Friedman is so impressive as a 27-year-old to handle the situation like he has before and after the Cup without a fight. Um, Racing's in a good place when you've got ambassadors like that. Without a fight, Adam Blinko has just tweeted out the time for ratings. He's gone 127, so that puts him in the category of Maccabi Diva at 129 and Protectionist at 128. So it's an all-time great Melbourne Cup performance by without a fight. That means solcom has gone out of this world as well. (laughs) And we'll get to that a little later on. So I thought that the, the cup had it all, and whenever I and I apologise to the listeners out there, I got sucked in again with four Ben. He didn't. I don't think he delivered the performance. He wasn't at his best yesterday. But you just can't. History tells you now. There's there's too much. There's too much. Um, There's too much what's going on there with these international horses to continue to back them in. Unfortunately, Um, they
1: just keep on going down. There's great debate. Too much evidence. That's the word I was looking for. All right. So our categories. We're gonna throw our categories around today. We're just gonna get straight to it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, baby. Oh no! no, All right. Oh,
1: Joe. Oh, no, Joe. <laughs> Jared, can I
3: start? How are you, John O'Neill? I'm okay. I'd like to start with the oh, no in saying that I'm going to pop myself in the oh, no here because I did the tapes over and over again for this Melbourne Cup. And there is no possible way known that without a fight was going to stay in my mind. I watched the race last year. He was gone a furlong and a half, probably two furlongs out. And again, going back to what Gareth said in his King's Gambit, it just shows that these international horses... They need to acclimatise properly. And this horse came out last year and he had some issues and he's obviously had a full season or actually two seasons almost now here. And what a wonderful job the Freedmans have done with that horse and Mark Zara. I did threaten this a few weeks ago. I did say that Zara, when he gets that peacock chest out, he is an animal. You did think he was going to be riding yours. Well, from, (laughs) from a competitive perspective, he's an animal. Um... So the oh-no for me is, is not believing the horse could stay. Just on that, Johnny, I want to know the next horse that you don't think will stay because you did say
0: <laughs> Riff Rocket won't, won't get the Derby trip. Oh, right. I keep the boat blow while he's down.
1: Come no, 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 no. no, on. Hang on. We're not, uh, uh, that, that's all very anyway, well. I'm so I'm taking that's responsibility for that, no. okay? what did Joe What did oh-no Joe say when he came back to scale? Um,
3: look, obviously the horse missed the start. Not as bad as what it did the week. Previously, and we sort of were hoping that he'd only missed, missed by a length or two. It's just who he is, the horse. Um, I thought he followed uh, the winner up on the fence pretty well. Um, and all he did was he came back and said, two and a half, three furlongs to go. I had an absolute lap full of horse. I didn't think without a fight was going as well as what we were. Um, Mark was certainly riding along and we were tracking behind. I had to make a call then to get out. I moved out. I went to the outside. Five horses came back in and crunched me. I I had absolutely nowhere to go. And I'm sure if everybody has a look at the, the overhead, I think the, the overhead gives you the true story. He then waited and thought, well, I'm not going anywhere here. So then he went back in the gap closed and smashed him again. Mark had gone. He was off and gone. He then went to the outside again, trying to find a gap. He got smashed again and then darted back through and pushed through a gap late and got home. So um, he said, very difficult when you have horses that miss the start, which we all know. And you spoke about this on Monday, Jared. Um, I saved as much ground as I could. And I had an absolute lap full of horse. And unfortunately... The gaps just didn't open for me.
1: So it's very rare you see a horse go like across a cross between a shopping trolley and a dodgem car up the straight in the Melbourne Cup, and that was Solcombe's fate. When you're 85 and looking back on this day, will you feel like you should have won the Cup?
3: Look, I think so. Uh, I, I will say I had a really good chat with Mark Zara last night because, again, I did say that Mark and James would be drinking out of the Cup with Aussie and I, so I thought it better to go and see Mark and uh, congratulate him at Nobu, so I did that. And obviously straight after the race, he was um, obviously upbeat about the horse. He'd watched the race himself. He seemed to think that um, he had Sulkham covered. Um, Look, we'll never know, will we, if we had got to the outside and they go and fight it out, you never know. But, Jared, I think um, we're lucky to have a horse in the race. Yes, in answering your question, probably. Um, You know, it's still all a bit new, to be honest. This is a big plan. A lot of people get it. We try to buy these horses. We planned this a long way out chris waller and the staff did an extraordinary job and and we just weren't good enough on the day so um will it go down in history thinking we we probably could have won the race absolutely um you know we've had a lot of luck in the race we've run, I've run second three times now in our ownership group uh, and third as well um and obviously lucky enough to win it with with very elegant so we just go back next year again and have another crack um you know aussie will be all over at the form guys and Chris and Kieran will be all over it as well. And we'll be doing everything we can to, um, to try to go back
1: and, and, and get some joy. Just share with us how acute is the sense of disappointment at the end? Yeah. How look, raw is it? Yeah. I,
3: I think it's, um, to, to be so involved in such a wonderful day, um, win a race earlier in the day, like we did with Forgot You, which was great, um, I actually went to Nobu with my wife um, or with with my partner at about half past five. So I left before the last race. Everyone was down the marquee carrying on. And that's great because, you know, the horse ran fantastic. But um, to even get a horse to have an opportunity to run in the race is extraordinary. And then to get a horse that um, probably didn't get the luck go his way. But, you know, we we were bearing ourselves for that on the basis that he was going to get back. And there was no doubt. You said it um, clearly, Jared. Normally, they fan There's gaps everywhere for horses. Horses are dropping off. And the problem is that five or six on the outside were dropping straight back in his lap and he had nowhere to go. So um, the disappointment is real. But having said that, I'm wrapped for Anthony and Sam. I'm wrapped for Mark Zara. um, And also one person I'm really wrapped for, and I've heard him be mentioned a lot. I had a lot of horses with the Freebans over the years, but Robbie Scarlett was a great rider years ago. Um, he's done a lot of work on a lot of horses. He looked after warning. He was looking after Mummify in the earlier days, wonderful rider. He had a really bad fall. Um, and he's had a back operation. So I know that they would be um, right behind him. And also Brad, who sort of, um, who runs all their, their PR and account stuff. He does a lot of good stuff on him too. So good on him, you know.
1: Wayne, well, you were the hanging judge straight after the race yesterday, as we watched it over and over and over and were quite mesmerized by what had happened. Was it... Pilot error or circumstance beyond Joe Marrera's control?
2: It was a little bit of both, but can I just park that for 10 seconds?
1: John, <clears throat>
2: excuse yes, me. Ma'am. I'm just clearing my voice. You've bagged every jockey in the world. You've <laughs> had taps on the shoulder from <laughs> Racing Victoria. You've got the oh-no coming in. Yeah. Jared's led with it. Yeah. And fair dinkum, are you trying to take Elbow's job? I mean, is this, is this uh, you know, the girl from... From 7.30 Report, you, Jared trying to ask, what was her name, the blonde girl? Oh, she was Dynamite, the last girl on the oh, 7.30 come on, Report. Lane, please. Seriously, Jane. Was that your wife? <laughs> no, it wasn't <laughs> no, Jane. Sorry. Oh, okay. Lee <laughs> Sales. Jared's <Gerard's laughs> trying <laughs> to do the Lee Sales, kept attacking. Lee John, Sales. Did Joe Marrera slaughter it? It's a yes or a no. He didn't have
3: much luck, did he? Oh, oh gee <laughs> Fair, He, can, he oh, didn't oh, have much luck.
2: Mate, Tyler Sheila's manager is hanging in Sydney what? Harbour.
3: No, he's my man, Tyler. Oh, Tyler. I'm sure he is now. Righto.
0: What did Liam Baker say? Oh,
3: now the Tiger Boys were all up and about. I must admit, they were very nervous. I've never seen, you know, it was incredible to be with those guys that have most of them played in three premierships and to see Jack Rewalt. Like, he was in the toilet nearly sick before the race. But that's that's okay because if if you. If you're not like that with
2: a horse like Sulkham in a Melbourne car, you shouldn't own one, I reckon. Because yeah. if you don't feel like that, what's the point of
3: actually? Well, Hawksy bumped into Tom horse. Lynch in the toilet prior, and oh, you were right? talking about that. Right? <laughs> well, what's you know? Well, yes, I did. He did it's, bump into him because yeah, there you, wasn't you cubicle said, I mean. I was a tube. You could have just missed. said, "I bumped into him." But, and to be you fair, didn't no. miss Joe. No, you didn't miss him, Wayne. And why are you? Why are you so
2: aggressive towards Joe? I got no issue with Joe. Do I know him? No, I don't. Would, would he know me? Maybe. I don't know. I don't care. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, social media blew up, so I was told. I don't, I'm not on social media, but you know what? If you're calling it how it is, he followed, He was on the winner's back. Now, he doesn't know that at the top of the straight, but in, in, the, in, in the commentary with Jared, I said it was like watching the Dodgem cars. I mean, yeah. horses don't run up backsides, stop reset up and then go again. It's not say, the NFL where you just stop, yeah. go back, start up again and go whack. This I will say, say the Melbourne form car. that he
3: seems to do and I will I just want to mention Blake Shin too, who obviously rode the horse and did a bit for us at the start of the campaign. He spent a bit of time with Joe, um which we're really appreciative of. Um, I, I I don't think Joe thought the winner would stay either. And seriously, if you're trucking behind a horse, that looks like it's not picking up and going to He go. was travelling. Rubbish. Rubbish. Well, he was going, he was going okay, but not the as good winner, as what we were. The
2: winner, the winner was swinging. Zara was climbing on bags. No, no, I think Jared summed it up. If you look back when you're 85, should you have won it? You know you should have. Okay. But let's be fair about this. I trained a grey horse once, and his name was Chautauqua. And when he didn't win, back markers that missed the kick, so you were... Horse that missed a kick, you become a back marker. They always fly home. They're the ones we black book and go, that's me for next start. Quite often they don't win. So Sulkham's blown it. I mean, if he hadn't have blown it, you know what? He might have been fourth, he might have been third defense and, and not actually got out. So I can only see it how I call it. Right? Saw it, called it, and then people started going off. Well, hang on. I mean, at the end of the day, if it was a bad ride, it was a bad ride. And on the biggest stage. On the biggest stage in one of the biggest races in the world, well, you're not called the Magic Man because you're no good. I think I said yesterday that uh, he, he needs to go and find David Copperfield and get David Copperfield to make the Magic
3: Man disappear. What did you think, Jared? It was right. a disaster. Thank the you. The whole thing's
1: a disaster. Thank you. Uh, it has shades of Kingston Town and Gurners Lane about it. I don't know whether he would have won or not, um, but I know he would have had a stirring finish. Yeah. Uh, and it's equal start and end. You can't stand there and miss the start. Three links in a Melbourne Cup in a field of 23. And then you can't spend 300 meters looking for a run in the straight on a horse that is bolting. Like that's a disaster. So it doesn't really matter whether a portion culpability or not. Um, Mark Zara rode the perfect race and Joe Marrera didn't. And, And hence the trophies on one shelf and not the other. I think it would have
0: been better if he did jump Salkin, but I don't think it was as, I don't think that lost him the race there on, on yesterday because if you told me, if you back Sulkham and within 150 metres you're on the back of without a fight following Mark Zara, I would have said that's the perfect spot for Sulkham because he's going to take me into the contest. The mistake that Joe made is that, as you guys have pointed out, he didn't follow the winner. And if he follows the winner, um, who knows what happens. But then he had to go back, I think, to the worst part of the track and the concluding stages. So, if it wasn't Joe Marrera, right?
2: right? If it was one of those kids down the bottom on the, on the lightweights, right? One of the lesser named jockeys. I'd certainly be having something to say. Right, thank you very much. I mean, if it no, was really. if it was Gibbons or Zach Lloyd or one of those jockeys that was riding down the bottom that aren't that don't have a nickname, the Magic Man,
0: mate, he he, everyone luck. would be tearing him apart today.
2: Yeah, no that's, no luck. The, that's the unfair. No part.
1: magic and no luck. Yeah, well, right, when he same. took the
0: punt not to follow without a fight, he needed the luck and he didn't get the luck. And sometimes, like Bo Mertens did the other day on that filly at Mooney Valley, he rode for luck, he got the luck, and then you look like a genius. Joe, he rode for luck and he just didn't get any luck down that home straight. So we'll never know. It would have been a great finish.
2: All
1: right. The big issue. So we settled with a winner here. The Cups double. So since Ethereal, it it only incentivised to come out of the Caulfield Cup as a winner and run a place. We'd had Viewed win a Melbourne Cup to Caulfield the following year. We'd had Dunedin do the same. We'd had Very Elegant win the Caulfield Cup one year and the Melbourne Cup the next year. We had Vow and Declare run second at Caulfield and then salute at Flemington and Gold Chip did the same. And in both cases, we said, all well, thankfully they missed the penalty. McKibie ran second in her second Melbourne Cup year, and Delta Blues had run third. But we hadn't, it felt like it was getting harder and harder. For a little while, the Caulfield Cup wasn't as relevant as historically it had been because there was the glut of internationals who arrived on Cup Day and then it's restored itself and now it's fully restored. Just, it's so fulfilling to see it done. Ethereal and Doremus, like these are great horses of the past. And a bit of it's in the change in the handicapping, only a kilo penalty, whereas in the old days you used to get two and a half and that made it just so difficult. But that's that horse's place enshrined in that deed. And I can't believe we didn't have the double. We've been calling out
0: for the doubles. They're the call for the Melbourne Cup double. But without a fight, he was the perfect horse for both races after what we saw in Brisbane. And he's a he's a horse that we know that can stay now. And he needs to have some firm ground underneath him. And he was able to get that throughout the spring. He's rated, as I pointed out, the top 127. So that puts him among the greats of the, the history of the Melbourne Cup with Maccabi Diva and protectionist it was a pretty handy horse. I think Very Elegant was around 127 when she won the, the Melbourne Cup as well. The interesting part now with Without a Fight, because it's been some training performance with him, third up to win a Melbourne Cup, second up to win a Caulfield Cup. He's a seven-year-old. So what do they do with him next year? Who cares? What a I great love... position to be in. I know, but I'd love to see him go around again. He's only had 20-odd starts, so he's lightly raced. I think the Cox Plate Queen Elizabeth could be his races next year. I think he could be a weight for age 2,000-meter horse. Generally. I
3: think the other thing to to highlight is it just never happens. You, you mentioned it earlier. It's very, very difficult, um, and I think percentages clearly would highlight that you can't be backing horses in the Melbourne Cup that have won the Caulfield Cup. Um My scenario is that that horse, and I'm sure everybody knows it's been well documented, um, failed the CT scan um, last year, had an operation, uh, and then Grace obviously ticked it off once it had had the operation. So for a horse to have gone through, run as badly as what it did, fail the CT scan, have some screws put in its leg, come back, be sound, be cared for by Anthony and Sam and the team, a lot of work goes into that. So much work to get those horses back. Wayne, you can talk better than I can. But I, you know, we talk about forgot you, our horse who who won race two, who bowed a tendon and went to Lee Everson. So much work goes in for so many people to get those horses right. So for that to horse horse to come back and win what I believe is the best race in the world, again highlighted yesterday, and win the Caulfield Cup prior is just an extraordinary training performance. Um and the staff at Friedman's and everybody associated with that horse should be congratulated. It's unbelievable. You've touched on
2: a very interesting point about the vets. Now, this time last year, everyone would have been jumping up and down. Grace was the nemesis of the racing industry, the poor Race Victoria vet. She's on a hiding to nothing here. It's not her fault. She's only calling it how she, uh, how she sees it. And so there are these horses that have had these operations and they've come back and they have been successful And the attrition rate in the Melbourne Cup has all but disappeared, thank the Lord. So we have to give it a tick there that, you know what, some of the protocols aren't quite right. The horse of Jamie Spencer's second in the Caulfield Cup was... um,
1: West Wind Blows. Mm -hmm.
2: West Wind Blows, and he can't run in the uh, Melbourne Cup, but he can run on the weekend. So that's got to be addressed. There's no doubt about that, and nothing's perfect, but... You it'll, just, it'll
3: need the West Wind to blow too for it to win.
2: Oh, here we go. You've bagged everything. Oh, and every it time you bag, every to time it now. you bag, they come up.
1: <laughs> we're in such an interesting phase with the Melbourne Cup and it, it does go through patterns as we have had three consecutive winners now, very elegant 57, gold trip fifty-seven and a half, and without a fight fifty-six and a half. after those years where you needed the 51, 52 to be winning it. And if you study the history of the race, it goes through phases. So we're now Do you know in know why? quality phase where you're looking with the compressed weights and the quality handicapping, it is giving our the best horses in the race historically as good a chance as they've had in generations. There's too big a gap between the top and the bottom. I sat in this exact chair with you
2: when the, when the weights came out and what did we say? There was only seven or eight horses above 55 and we commented how some of these great jockeys wouldn't be able to get a ride because of the weights being compressed. So 58, I think, was think big big, or one of those horses, but the bottom weight would have been about 44. So there was 12, 13 kilo spread, whereas now there's only seven kilo spread, and the best horses are getting in better because most of those on 51 should have 45. So that's that's the reason why they're actually winning with the better weights. And it's a bit like, well, it is a handicap, but if you look at the Doncaster and the Stradbrokes and all those races, when the great horse runs in it, they never give them more than 58, do they? So they're inviting them to run because we always get that, well, if you don't give us the weight, we'll run on the weight for age.
3: We need more qualifying races in Australia, there's no doubt, because some no, of these need, international no, horses no, no, have come. No,
2: that's not the answer. The answer is we need to start breeding our own staying horses and get that going.
1: So that That's a slightly different debate. I actually think the Cup is better like this. I, I think this is the perfect construct, and I reckon you can run through that triple figure shots who ran in the first nine to say that's the perfect blend. We're in the means test. Got that right, got that wrong. That's all, Mark Zara, coming up. Wayne Hawks is for Westbury Stud. It's all about success with Tarzino at Westbury. Melbourne's weather, showers developing, possible storm top of 29.
3: Now, back to Waitley. Your first Melbourne Cup, you can never compare to that ever, you know, because you just don't believe it's ever going to happen. And I, and I always said, I think winning one helps you a lot because I come into a race today and I thought...
1: Putting aside all the choosing and all that, I knew I was on a good horse, but when you win one, you know, a lot of jockeys strive their lifetime to win one and you can come in thinking, this might be my chance, this might be a chance. But when you win one, you go, if I stuff it up, there's one at home in the cabinet anyway. So, you know, you, can, you, you afford that little bit of luxury. To change horses and for it to pay off, it's justified. You know, I'm just, I'm really happy. It must be the best decision in Melbourne Cup history to jump off last year's winner and on to this year's winner. So got that right, Mark Zara, got that wrong. The two-fingered salute the wrong way around. It's for posterity. <laughs> did you, did you see Up yours. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he meant so to do funny. that. Maybe he meant to yeah. do that. Um, Mark Zara, salute.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't no. like it. I, I think that he apologised straight away. So I don't know what I was thinking, but no one can really, I don't think he can have an opinion on that because you don't know what he's feeling after he wins no. his second Melbourne Cup. But with with Mark Zara, and you can hear in some of the social media um, comments from his fellow riders saying it's one of the all-time Great Melbourne Cup rides. Glenn Boss saying it's one of the all-time Great Melbourne Cup rides. So he's delivered a peach on the big stage. He rarely makes a mistake. He pulled the right rein. He was telling everybody, no one wanted to li- – oh, well, I listened to him, Johnny didn't, that he would stay without a fight. Um, and he delivers
3: on the big As stage. As I keep again. saying, the bloke's an animal. <laughs> yeah. when, when he gets his eye in, geez, you want to be with him. Um He's going to ride a horse in the Oaks. Just just, just get on. You know, I mean, I think the camaraderie that he has, the way that he represents racing, the fun, the aspect, the respectful aspect that he goes through is really, really positive. Um, I went back to Nobu early, Gerard, um, uh, after the races, and James Winks was there, and Zara was on his way, Kieran McAvoy, Damian Lane, uh, Benny Mellon, Jamie Carr, all there to congratulate him. There is such a tight-knit group of Victorian jockeys, and I'm sure it happens all, all the way around Australia as well, but just so pleasing to see that. And I think I highlighted a few weeks ago, going to Royal Ascot for me this year, the camaraderie that existed in the crowd and the racing was extraordinary. And I think we clearly got that yesterday. And and I think Zara is leading the charge there, promoting racing. I think he's a he's great a ambassador. I think he's a great ambassador for racing he takes his daughter everywhere. People that don't follow him on Instagram, get on and have a look. Him and his wife, they're enjoying life and, and their beautiful young daughter. Mark Hunter was there, the form guy who helped him, that he he gave a good rap. So so good on him. That's all I've got to say. Good on him. Look, there's no doubt you you, you swap it around and he
2: runs up backsides and he should have won and Sulkham wins. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're talking about the opposite, aren't we? So it was, it was a great ride. Well, I would have let him come and got... have a drink. Yeah, <laughs> I, of course you would have. <laughs> oh, now you're up and about. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's as good as uh, Glenn Boss's third Melbourne Cup on Mackayby, only for the reason that you've won two Melbourne Cups on Mackayby. You're going out there on the old girl for a third time. And he was cool as a cucumber, G-Boss. Not saying that Mark Zara wasn't, but I don't think there was that same type of pressure that what Bossy had when you're going out to try and win a third Melbourne Cup. But you know what? Winners are grinners. He's a big race rider. And, you know, he uh, he's just getting it done. And his CV is getting fatter by the minute. And he's going to go down with uh, Boss
3: and Dittman and Dye Di and
2: Cassidy and... Oliver, and, and he deserves it. He's
3: there with those guys. So, saying that he deserves it too. I mean, I, I saw him after the races. Jared. he's a big guy. Like he's a, I know he's very slim, and the amount of work he would have to do to be riding horses at that weight level is extraordinary too. I mean, I think we really need to all remember that. It is about fitness and trying to enjoy your life and being the best you can on the horses, but... I noticed last night like he is as trim as I've I've ever seen. Him and he'd for, be for being he'd be about guy. for the people that don't 41.
2: know he'd, he'd be he's forty one, but he'd be about fifty five kilos. Yeah. So you look at yourself in the mirror and think, wow, I'll put on a couple of kilos. Mark Zara's fifty probably about fifty five stripped. Well I saw I Wink- this Winksy morning. was there. To be fair, he'd be about fifty nine this morning.
3: Yeah, so Winksy was there and I think James was riding around fifty four. He was. And James is looking in real life we were... We are laughing about it this morning, Hawks. you like me. So he'd be like 65, which is probably what he should be, right? And yeah. he looks very healthy
1: and well. Mark probably should be the same. You know? uh, yeah. I reckon they'll study that at jockey school for years to mm-hmm. come. Um, 16, to the fence, push up. It was aggressive. It was find bullish. the right jockeys to follow to take as far as you can and then... It, just, it was the most perfect ride. The Freedmans after Nathan in the newsroom. Nathan, thank you. The racing means test for the Osborne, Melbourne's home of the ultimate celebration, the Osborne rooftop and bar, Commercial Road, South Yarra, and my racehorse owned today from just $39. My racehorse, it's showtime, myracehorse.com. Our T's and C's online. The heroes of the Freedmans. And in this room, there's lovely connections. So this is father and son, which is perfect for what Wayne has lived. Uh, you know the Freedmans from those FBI days, John, and all the way through. And Gareth, you, you've got to know Sam as they're coming through. So it's a lovely story. And the Freedman name is back right at the forefront of the Melbourne Cup.
0: Yeah, I, I've only had it. I said, G'day there, Anthony. I've never really talked to him. He doesn't talk to the media. He wouldn't respond to back, would he? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sam Friedman, he's just a lovely, he's a lovely bloke, basically. And he's, he's been the face of the Anthony and Sam Friedman stable. He represents the stable so well. He's only 27 years of age, but he's been able to um, get a team amongst him and and lead from the front in a way. So um, it's great for the game because we need ambassadors like that. And we're, we've got some really good young trainers coming through the ranks in Victoria, but now Sam Friedman should be proud of what he was able to achieve. And, and he's so respectful as well. He was so respectful before and after the cup. Cup. So he's um no he's, he
3: deserves all the success that comes. Jared way. makes me feel old because I was there when he was born. Yeah. So um so I've certainly known the family for a, for a really long time. And um you know Sam was a a fantastic cricketer actually in his own right and went and travelled um playing I think Australian under twenty ones and stuff overseas and certainly travelled through through the UK and mucked around and played a bit. So. Um, always been a horse lover, um, you know, his dad is a wonderful horseman, always has been, likes to be in the background and I think the success of the FBI in the early days was that Lee would sort of lead at the front, Michael was coming through school, Richard was sort of to the side and Anthony was the real horseman behind the scenes. Um, you know, Ant bought Mummify for 40 grand and we went on on one five group ones and and then sort of teaching Sam the process, Sam bought bought warning for fifty or 60000 and we all jumped in. So they bought a lot of horses. He's a great judge. Um, just to see, and I, I know it's Sammy's, like he'd be absolutely over the moon, continuing the legacy on. Um, very difficult. You know, it's almost like that whole Ablett legacy, right? You know, your dad was one of the greatest of all time and, and then you're expecting the brothers can all play too and then you're all expected to to come on like, you know, like Gary Jr. did and do what he does. So, um, huge achievement. Um, They train out of uh, Jonathan Munns' place down on the Mornington Peninsula, which again is is an elite facility. Um, Their communication is great. And as I said, um, just to have seen, I went up and saw Sammy straight after the race, just a smile on his face. And I know Lee called. Um, as soon as the horse hit the line and dad would have been on the phone straight after and mum and they're a beautiful connected family and little Matilda was oh well, she's not so little anymore she was there when she was born too so so Matilda was there and I saw a nice photo with Georgia and Emma Lee's two kids as well so just to see those cousins together and I know Will went last night as well Richard's Richard's young fella so they're a tight family and it's wonderful for them look the, working
2: with your family, there's good and there's bad, and I can uh, I can certainly vouch for that. But uh, the legacy's just got uh, bigger and bigger, hasn't it? So they're um, all good looking, which is different in your family yeah, situation. Yeah, thank you very much. your brother? Yes, has got yes. that on no, you. No, Sorry, no, I, I get what that's Sorry, like. I'm that's why I'm on radio. <laughs> I'm not on television. Hello, <laughs> Sam's just a uh, he's just a good kid. He speaks well. He's good looking. He just stands up there and just says all the right things and does all the right things and. You know, I, I I don't know him that well, but I reckon he'd be a touch shy. And um, the most I've ever spoke to Sam there in the there in the uh, the stables right next to me at Flemington. Sam was out there a month ago picking one of the horses. Wouldn't know what it was, didn't ask. And I was out there on the hose, and we just stood there. It was like an eight thirty one morning, and and the sun was out, and we just stood there for about half an hour just chewing the fat. And he was more. Uh, and it's not making me sound good. here don't get me wrong. He was just listening, and he wasn't pumping you information. But it was just sponging it all in. And he went away with um, with all those other young kids, the Calvin McAvoy's, and all those boys, and they all went to England, and they uh, they had a, They certainly had a a wow of a time. So Sam probably doesn't remember the uncles when they were in their probably height, because he would have been too young to be fair. But that might work. That probably worked for him, not realizing obviously in history what they've uh, what they've done. But it's uh, it's a name, the Freedman name's gonna go down as one of the great, great names in horse racing. And the
3: Freedmans, the McAvoys and the Hazers. All the boys come through, yep. similar similar to yourself and your brother leading in sort of, you know, their, their dad's amazing and in some Cummings, instances grandfathers. Cummings legacies. Cummings as well. so There's four or you know, five beers. just big a wonderful games. sport for that. It is. It? Just to have people to follow through and it's extraordinary. It is.
1: Wayne Hawks for Westbury Stud. Tarzino, reliable man, Redwood and El Rocker, each providing success in more ways than one at Westbury Stud. The beaten favourite next. What to make of Vauban. Waitley for the all-new Hyundai Kona imagined to be bold. Morris Finance. Skip the life admin with Morris Personal. And host plus. Now back to Whiteley.
3: Absurd runner, cracker. He was in a position to win at one stage coming up the straight.
2: Didn't see it out. Uh, but I thought um Paul 1 was a little disappointing alright. He was beaten beaten too far out for my liking. When I saw him at six furlongs out with Ryan having to give him a little niggle, I thought that's too far out for him to be niggling him. And uh, you know, and he just flattened out um, and ran very disappointing, but there we are. That's the nature of this game.
1: Willie Mullins there, the beaten favourites on the means test. So the dishonour roll runs, drum taps, double trigger, Oscar Schindler, Septimus, Dover legend, Boban. How good. Spruke International grabbed our attention, sunk our money, (laughs) flopped
0: 14th. It's great for the race, the build-up, not good for us punters. Since 2002, there have been 11 international horses that have started favourite none of them have finished in the top three. I agree with Willie. Vauban, he wasn't quite right. He called right. it Vauban. Vauban, Vauban. Vauban. No, anyway, who no, cares? No, Matty Hill and
1: he... checked and he was told, call it Vauban. 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 So, right. We deferred so, Matty.
0: So he was disappointed. He was there to Actually, win. Actually, don't was... worry about it. Just
1: forget the name forevermore. <laughs> just call it, call it just, call it's, got, just call it. It's got a ban. You, yeah, it's got a ban. You, Good having, for you, lately. Having a
0: look at the ratings, so those horses in the back of the field finished at the front of the field at the end. So they've gone too quick up front. The horses on pace have just blown up. So whether they've just gone too hard and he hasn't got the trip, um, that 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 could be the case. And he might have been disappointing, but Johnny, they've just gone um, they've gone too quick and he's blown up and he wasn't at his best.
1: So Johnny, you and I had the same observation in the mounting yard. So for as good as Vauban looked last Tuesday morning at track work, he looked no good. In the yard yesterday. The stablemate clearly looked better. Clearly. Coat wasn't right. Cote Shape wasn't right. wasn't right. Absurd looked he looked muscled up and sheened and ready to go, which maybe helped explain why the money had flown in the other direction so substantially in the lead up. Some of the horses
3: just don't acclimatize quickly enough. And clearly in this instance that's happened because the point you make, Jared, is you couldn't have backed the horse looking at him in the mounting yard. He looked terrible. Mm. Um but and the and, problem as, is and, and as I said, as that's I, said I don't, I don't know if that's how the horse races overseas. But in, in my opinion, looking at the horses in the yard, he had a very woolly coat. He sweated up. He just didn't look happy. He looked a bit round to me versus some of the other horses. And the point you make is the stable mate looked unbelievable versus him. So any, uh, any sort of stable. Um, watching people there's no chance that people looking around the mounting yard would have had anything on him and i think that's why he jumped at six dollars or 650 or whatever he did on the world tote eventually because the information would have gone round. so the only thing i will also say is that top six in the race mark zara aussie joe marrera based in sydney bo mertens aussie karen mcavoy aussie Daniel, Stake, Daniel Stackhouse, Aussie. Joe Mira doesn't care. Theo Nugent. Well, he does because he's no, based he in Sydney writing for Chris. Your philosophy. So what That's my philosophy is, and one of the world's best writers wrote wow. absurd, Zach Purden. <laughs> so all I'm saying is. He gave it a peach, Zach. He did give it a peach. I'm yep. not saying that he's a great writer, But all I'm saying is it is. He's a joke. These people fly in and fly out. Good luck.
1: It's a really interesting phase, I think, for import versus radar. So what we saw was without a fight came as a raider, and one as an import. But I've got yeah. some horses here, Jerry,
0: Just quickly, Twilight Payment off the plane, one first raider, up. cross yep. counter first raider. up one. Yeah,
1: but
3: hang on, that was that was the early days when the weights. So I think the, I reckon no we've weight. crossed out Reaching of that phase. So yes. b-
1: that was that was the way for a long time. It wasn't, and then it was, and yeah. I don't reckon it is again now. So you and sh- cross counter at that age, long time acclimatized yeah. here. So I don't I don't know whether it becomes a trend for the next six years. But I just think where we are now is you want the horse reloc- uh, uh, relocated here.
3: Agree. Agree mm. totally. Who
0: would you and, buy out of Would you buy Absurd or Vauban?
3: Uh, I'd buy Absurd. Yeah. Versus Vauban. But but having said that, he'll take them back. I would imagine they won't be for sale here, I wouldn't have thought.
1: I just want to say, big race integrity, right? Third, 250 to one at the call of the card. Fifth, 126 $126. Uh, fifth, hundred and twenty-six dollars. Sixth, hundred and one dollars. Eighth, two hundred and one dollars. Isn't that the Melbourne Cup? That's of the old, Melbourne though. Cup. Yeah, true. And I, if you want to take one picture, all right, take the hurdle form. Voban comes, <laughs> heralded one of the greats, and True Marvel, who's won his maiden hurdle at Hamilton at two hundred to one goes dashing past him and leaves him in his dust. That mean,
0: that's the Melbourne Cup. That's just, who like, it's impossible, the Melbourne Cup. So you, it's everyone's got no idea, basically. But that's the, but that's the best part of it, because yeah. having your dollar each way and your
2: once-a-year right. punter can all of a sudden, mate, if, if a punter backs the, you know, Shiraz the place, I don't know what it would have... Uh, what it would have paid the place. But someone would have had... Wait, $21. Someone would have said, I love Shiraz. I'm having someone... a bet on Shiraz. And they'd be high-fiving everyone in the it, office not, not today.
1: Not a single bet at the call of the card went 200 to 1 out to 250 to 1. The only horse that wasn't backed... Was it? ...was... And that will, sure We I,
3: plead to Robbie Waterhouse Because I had quite a nice bet At 100 to 1 each way on interpretation, interpretation.
1: Should he sort of pay something For 6 <laughs> I I down the like to <laughs> That's why part of the charm of the Melbourne Cup Is it is the great betting race You're just race happy of the, the Caulfield Melbourne Cup's back I you? am, I am, there's so much great stuff Alright, something for the Battlers next Waitley on SEN Forgot you, got
2: bark pounding and late warning with 100 metres to go. It's forgot you, clear. Warning is flashing home. Forgot you, needs the line but wins.
1: John O'Neill, something for the battlers. Three weeks running. Chawton Lane ran third in the last, so there was lots of different ways to stay afloat there. What do you got, Johnny? Something for the battlers? I have. I've just had uh,
3: my colleague here, uh, Mr Hawks, give my favourite jockey in the world a pot, James McDonald. So... Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. it's as good a thing as, sure a thing as death, Zardozzi in the uh, oh, here we go. in the Oaks. Yeah, it's well, unbeatable. So race eight, number two, Zardozi will win. And just take some little, uh, some tricks around tropical squall and uh, don't leave Zara out, number eight, Afflefleet. Wayne?
2: I like Airman, race six. He's up against uh,
3: the great horse Imperatriz.
2: Uh, he's drawn one from the outside down the straight. Not sure what price he'll be, but he will not be favoured. What? I'll
0: give you 100 to one. You're know, have a dollar each way with G Hall You won't be beating those. With who G-Hall bet? G Hall yeah, Mate, a dollar each way. I've got No 20,000 right 20, um, people now that I'm know. within secret. I think that yes. fangirl's a good thing in small field. I think she'll win the Champions Mile. Dozy, James Cummings over the moon when I had a chat to him this morning. And Spacewalk on the quick backup will win tomorrow.
3: Tomorrow, right? Yes, a I, I pal- have a, I've got a beautiful two-year-old called Scampy running in the Golden Gift in Sydney.
1: Oh,
2: Love win. Blue points. See you, Joe.